Today's question at hand is, what is aphantasia? Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the question at hand. I hope everyone has been doing wonderful. Um, today, we have a special guest. So our one of our friends, Eli. Um, he's on the podcast today. Say hi, Eli. What's up, everybody? So uh, this is our first caller that we've taken on the podcast, which is pretty cool. Now that we've got this this setup, we can uh, we can take callers. So there's no limit to our, our podcast range, I guess, now on who we can contact. Um, but today on the podcast, we're going to talk about aphantasia and what is aphantasia and um basically aphantasia is the inability to visualize images or um i mean it's it's pretty much images right yeah pretty much just mental images okay i saw something where um people ask if they could still like conjure sounds up um mm-hmm. like if you have if you think you have aphantasia which it's not actually medically diagnosable which we just talked about this before we yeah. started um but you, you can't actually go to the doctor and say uh you know doc I, I i don't think i can i just have a problem i can't visualize anything um I, I, what's wrong with me they can't be like well you have aphantasia like it's not actually diagnosable and it, there's from what i've seen there's not a ton of research that's been done on it mm-hmm. i read earlier that it mainly affects not necessarily sight, but your ability to visualize, but it does affect people in different ways and all of the senses are affected. But I mean, you could have like different forms of it, right? Yeah. It, most people have partial and it only affects ability to conjure memories and uh, sights and things like that. But there are people who just have it for smell. They don't remember how something smells. So if they smelled something, they wouldn't be like, oh, I smell pizza. Like it would just be like something smells good. Yeah. But it, I don't know what it is. Imagine every time you have bacon, you're like, what is this? <laughs> what am I smelling? It smells <laughs> delicious. Well, do you remember how it smells when you experience it again? Or are you just unable to conjure that smell in your to mind? Like in between. I don't know. So I think that'd be interesting. Do you fully forget it? There's different variations. So I guess it's like a gradient scale for like you were talking about it, it's in varying degrees, right? So with smells, I didn't even think about that. Uh, like yeah, I, that's I can. I didn't think about smells either. Um, but the, I found an article that's about aphantasia, and apparently there's an engineer, a software engineer named Blake Ross, who is like the CEO of Mozilla. And one thing that they asked him was about sounds, and he was like, um, you know, I can. I can hear sounds every now and then, like I can like think about them and kind of hear stuff, but I've I've never had like a song stuck in my head or something like that where you could, you know, I guess it's not necessarily visualizing, but you know, you could like kind of hear it in your in your head. So well, uh, that's a that's a fun one for me. So I can only remember songs if I can hear myself singing along with. Oh really? Like I don't have to verbally sing it, but I can you play it in my mind. But I hear myself. 
You don't hear the music along with it. it. No, not alone. Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. So I think one of my questions is, because the first time you ever told me about this was at your bachelor party. Yeah. Can I ask you my question about yep. music really fast? Yeah. Did you ever play an instrument? Or do you have any musical background? I took lessons and I can I can't remember any of the actual stuff. Like I took piano growing up and I did a little bit of guitar, but I wasn't very good at it. And so my hands just wouldn't function right. Really affecting musicianship if you're not able to conjure up in your mind the theory or the idea behind the music or the exact melody. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but I I can I can get the the uh, rare sensation where you know people talk about getting chills when they listen to music. I experience that. Huh. Well, I mean, but that's in the act of listening. That's not like after the fact or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, I mean, I took I was in band. I played trumpet, and like I mean, if we played a song that you know I've heard before, like I like it was very easy to play because I could literally hear the melody in my head or, you know, just kind of whatever the the tune of it was. So I could see if you had the, where you couldn't necessarily do that, how that could be kind of negatively impactful on musicianship. You would have to be very good at sight reading. Yeah. I feel like you'd, yeah, I could see that. It's interesting. It is really interesting. I don't know. I wonder how many musicians, are out there that have some form of aphantasia because i mean it's not widely known like no. if you if you go out on the street and you like hey do you know what aphantasia is hardly anyone's actually going to know what that is i'd assume yeah, that most people don't even know they have it i mean yeah i think it is um i mentioned something to it about it. i mentioned something about it to my grandmother the other day because i told her that um, that was something we were going to do that I had Eli lined up on the podcast to come on and talk about aphantasia. And she was like, well, what is it? And I was like, it's the inability to visualize things. And she was like, I think Papa has that. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she said, well, he just always says that, you know, he can't visualize anything. He said he never dreams. It's just black when he goes to sleep every night. So, which I mean, if you're not used to dreaming and then all of a sudden you you, I mean, you don't dream what you don't know any different, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I mentioned that and she was like, Hey, can you, and he's like, no, I, no, I can't, I can't picture anything. I don't know. What, what are you talking about? Why you keep bugging me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think one of my big questions for you is when did you discover that you possibly had aphantasia? Maybe a year ago, like a, a, didn't know what it was or it wasn't a tangible idea, I guess, until around then. Yeah, I think you have to learn that you have it from comparison because I I don't think it's something you know that you're lacking. If you have no experience right. visualizing something, then you're not going to know what you're missing without understanding that this is something that's out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. It was, I guess we kind of came across the idea of it know a term for it so or, who, who brought it up who, to you was it, was, it, was Cara? it was car yeah we okay. were just talking uh one day and got to talking about it uh and kind of uh, dove into it she has extremely vivid uh 
dreams and memories and kind of like you do, Ryan. Um, but even sometimes she has trouble with the lines between a dream and reality because they're so vivid. That's pretty crazy. Um, and I know that we've we've been at UM Army and talked to Marla about her dreams because hers, like if she tells you about one of her dreams, she remembers them very, very vividly. And if she tells yeah. you, it takes her like 15 or 20 minutes just to tell you the dream. Like they're that detailed. Wow. And yep. so I've thought about having her, seeing if she would like to be on and talk about, you know, like vivid dreaming or something like that. But do you dream? It's very rare. And if I do, I usually don't remember it the next day. So you like so, maybe remember it when you wake up for like a couple seconds and then it's gone or... Like, how do you know yeah. that you dreamed if you can't remember it? it? Because I can remember that I could see visually while I was asleep. Like, it wasn't reality. I, it was very clear that it wasn't reality. Oh, okay. Hmm. That's interesting. So, did, did she talking about something like that? And you were like, what do you, I don't know how, I don't, I don't understand. Or like what what caused that to be something that you were interested in to look up? It was more with the kind of daydreaming and imagining while you're awake. Like when someone says, you know, I've done this with you and it's a very common one. Been used before, but if you they like Imagine a green triangle. I don't know what kind of triangle. I don't know anything about it. Is the outline green? Is it solid green? I don't know. I can't close my eyes because it's just black. It's pitch black. I can't see a green triangle. So, like, if if someone was very descriptive about it and they were like, envision a green-colored, black-outlined isosceles, like, I guess, right triangle where the right angle is at the bottom left of the triangle and it's like you took a square and sliced it in a 90 degree angle. Could you like picture that or is there still just nothing? Like if you're very descriptive about it. There's no possible way for me to picture it without drawing it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Hmm. I know what a triangle is and I know all these properties. That's interesting. I feel like, I mean, it, it's one thing to visualize and, you know, have an imagination, which how does that affect your imagination if you have trouble visualizing things? It's a severe limitation. That's pretty interesting. Um, I don't remember what I got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> so you can still conjure up something that you know, if you're prompted on something to draw the shape exactly as Ryan said, could you still do that on a piece of paper just without having to visualize in your mind? It's the visualization of it in your mind that you can't do. I feel like it would, I feel like like it would be very difficult to, uh, to like draw though. Like, I mean, if, if you can't physically visualize it, then how would you know what to draw? Like, how would you know what it looks like? I mean, yeah. because you described it to me, I can pick up a 
a stack of post-it notes, trace out a square, cut it in half diagonally, and there's my right tri- isosceles triangle. Hmm. I could see this having a huge effect on personality and even career choice and stuff like that because there's some careers where you definitely need the ability to visualize things. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, I do a lot of graphic design and stuff like that, and I feel like that would be difficult. But also, I mean, if you can just draw it out, then you can kind of rearrange everything to have. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, most of the time, whenever I'm I'm designing something, I, I kind of know what I want it to look like. Like, it's not that, like, I can kind of picture what I want want it to look like, and then I'll try to do it from there, but... I don't know. I feel like yeah, that would really that would really be a hindrance maybe on you know what you want to do for a career. Okay, this is something that I do and probably a lot of other people do. But I like to take music as an influence for both photography and videography. And so, for example, I'll be listening to a song, hear something and I'm like, "Okay, this would be great." in this type of movie and then I have scenes and shots in my mind as I listen to that song do you do that as well or can you do certain songs put any sort of imagery in your mind or is there no imagery at all no imagery at all and like what you're just saying is you can tell what's good what you can have that will be good, I can only know that it's good after it's done. Hmm. So if if Christian listened to a song and because like he just put out uh, a trailer for their Sunken Silver documentary today, and the music and like the audio and stuff fits really really well with the video that he did, and uh, so if he like just listened to that song and he's like, oh, this would be perfect for these shots in yeah. this order um and so if he like even described it to you you wouldn't be able to like understand that oh yeah i think that would fit really well it would be more of a well can you show me what you have finished like actually show me the video and then i can tell you if it's good or not if i can see the clip i can probably reference the song but i can't see it both together at all until the finished product this is such an interesting topic. Here's a memory question. Are there any songs that you associate with people, places, or certain memories? Like if you were to hear a song, would you remember listening to that on summer vacation in 2012? No. Or like if you... Cause, I mean, y'all had the, the song from Up as your... Like in your wedding. So if you listen to that, would you be able to like associate that with the wedding or would it just be like a kind of a song? I know the association, but nothing beyond, nothing visual. You're like, oh, this was played at the wedding, but there's no like memories or anything with it other than that. Right. Huh. Right. And I may not, I may remember even the various section that we played it, like for the procession. Yeah, I can remember that too, but I can't picture. That's really interesting, man. This is such an interesting topic because there's so little known about it. Like, I mean, like you said earlier, um, there are plenty of people who 
could very well have it and have mm-hmm. no idea that they even have it. I think all of us might even have some form of some it. Some form of it, yeah, de- probably. Develop some form of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's like various stages. Like uh, you you saw the uh, like test to kind of determine whether you have aphantasia or not. Yeah, do you want to go through some of the questions? Um, yeah, we can. Uh, so I, I thought it was interesting that it, it's ranked on a scale of no image at all in that in that the lowest one to yes. like basically real life yep yeah so yeah this is the test designed by psychologists at the university of exeter uh here are some of the questions the following questions are answered on a scale shown below this ranges from no image at all vaguely and dim moderately clear, reasonably clear, and as vivid as real life. Uh, First question is, conjure up an image of a friend or relative you frequently see. How clearly can you see the contours of their face, head, and shoulders, and their body? Are we, like, doing this, or are you just going to read through it? Yeah. Like, if if you were... Yeah, I mean, I won't go through the whole thing, but... I mean, I looked at the questions earlier, and pretty much all of them were... It was it was very vivid. It's not like necessarily exactly like real life, but um, like a, there's one about walking. Like mm-hmm. if it goes with that one, um, and like I can very very vividly picture people like walking, like from place to place, or like in a house walking across the room, or you know. So it's very vivid. Like that is one that I was was very very vivid. So artists and people that have to create things on the spot are probably the people who would not have aphantasia. If they do, then I'd be very interested to see what their art looks like. I mean, it's one of those things that it's, it's not something that you would know, you know any different. Like if you've always had it, then it, I mean, I don't know that it would be a hindrance on, on like the actual creativity. Because I mean, like Eli said, I mean, if he can, he can make a green triangle. Like mm-hmm. it's not like he just can't visualize it. And so, if there are people who, um, you know, maybe have aphantasia and know don't know any different, then they've adapted to it at some point in their life and have found a way around it. And that's why that it's not actually hindering them, maybe. So I don't know. I would think that, you know, probably artists and people that do have to, you know, come up with stuff on the spot would probably not have aphantasia. But I think it's also something that a lot of like there are plenty of successful people who have it and probably don't even know it. I want to I still want to go through these questions and just to see reactions to my yeah. answers. Yeah. You want to read the first one again? Sure. Conjure up an image of a friend or relative who you frequently see. How clearly can you see the contours of their face, head, shoulders, and body? No picture at all. Like, I see my wife walking around the house every day, and she just left the room, and I don't know what she looks like. Hmm. like I know what she looks like, but I can't see her. So, you know those, like, BuzzFeed-type videos where people are blindfolded, and they try to identify their significant other by, like, feeling... On their face. I know what you're talking about. I don't know that I've seen one of those, um, but I I know what you're talking about. It like you could even say that for 
like when people have that blind box thing where they have the mm-hmm. cardboard box, they have to reach their hand in and try to figure out what's inside. Yeah. It'd be the same kind of deal. Yeah. So yeah. how does aphantasia affect that? You think they'd be less likely to be able to find out what it was or? Not really, because if you know what it feels like, like very specifically, like I could close my eyes and put my hands on my keyboard right in front of me. And I'd be able to tell you, oh, that's some form of keyboard because I can tell all the different keys and all that stuff. Yeah, like I for think a it banana, just, I know the shape of it and I, I know think, what it feels like. Yeah, I think it'd be more of the, uh, can you describe what they look like? Not necessarily feel it and mm-hmm. identify that that's your significant other or, you know, your mom or dad or some somebody. Or maybe even like you reach in and there's a cat in there and you can feel the fur and stuff and you're like oh it's a cat like i think that's something that you would just kind of know but like if you were blindfolded or you, like if you have aphantasia it wouldn't even matter if you were blindfolded because you can't visualize anyway and so it would be more of a describe what this person looks like yeah and like i mean say like someone described me they're like oh yeah he has blue eyes like that's just something you'd know but it wouldn't be something you could visualize so the memory and the knowledge is still there. It's just the inability to conjure it in your mind. I think so, yes. yes. Hmm. What's the next one? Still imagining that friend or relative, how strongly can you see the characteristic poses of their head and body? Nope. <laughs> I mean, if you can't visualize them to begin with, then that would that kind of... Yeah. Yeah. There's no point in that one really even... Uh, rate how vivid the colors of their clothing looks. Mm-mm, I'm going to need some more details on that question. <laughs> Isn't that what it says, though? That's just the whole yeah. question. Yeah. Because to me, I need the details. Because he's, so if he's unable I, to conjure I, it, he wouldn't have any. Yeah. I can tell you how vivid the colors are if I'm looking at it because I have almost perfect color vision. But if I'm not looking at it, I can't tell you. Okay, visualize a rising sun and look carefully at the details of that mental picture. How clearly do you uh, see the sun rising above the horizon in a hazy sky? Uh, I can't see it at all, but I know it's like bright and you can't see anything if you're looking at it because it's hazy and it kind of looks like fog, but not really. Thinking about it kind of makes my eyes hurt because usually it's pretty bright. (laughs) Okay, let's try this. So there's like... Let's say there's an African plane and a sun is rising up. Let's say it's like a National Geographic documentary. When what? you said African plane, the first thing that came to my mind was a plane flying out of Africa. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so a National Geographic documentary, the sun is rising up over an African plane. What animal do you see? A lion. The first animal I think of is a giraffe, but I can't see it. Okay. Mine's a lion. I can hear Lion King music. So he can still contextually imagine reasonable things to put in, but he can't see it walking across the grass or something like that. That's interesting. Okay. So far you are passing or <laughs> failing, whichever way you look at it. Uh, imagine the sky clearing and surrounding the sun with blueness. How vivid is that image? I just know that it's bright. Hmm. Uh, So, 
visually, I think we can say that he most likely has some degree of aphantasia. Well, yeah, that's why he's on the podcast <laughs> yeah. right now, Christian. I mean, from this test, we can see that. But yeah. here are some questions that test other senses. So imagine a garden. There are birds in the trees, and the grass has been freshly cut. Can you smell the grass? No. No. I can. But if I think about it too hard, I might sneeze. How intense is your I can kind of feel it coming on right now. Really? Yeah. I'm kind of allergic to it. It makes me sneeze every time. Like, I I remember what grass smells like, but I don't know what it is unless I smell it again. Okay. So, we're still in the garden. The birds are still in the trees. Can you hear the birds? I could hear them before you finished the first question. When you said there are birds in the trees, I could hear chirping. I can hear myself imitating a bird. But <laughs> you hear yourself making noises that so imitate a bird. You can hear, like, in your mind, you going chirp, chirp, chirp. Because that's extremely interesting. If the only way you can imagine something is yourself doing whatever it is. Oh, what about this? If you know you're supposed to read a paragraph of something or a quote in someone else's voice, are you able to? mentally read it in their voice like if i tell you read this in abraham lincoln's voice can you do that uh how would we don't i mean the stereotypical abraham lincoln voice i'm just thinking about that pizza hut commercial (laughs) i might be able to do it but i would hear myself with abraham lincoln at first or i would hear myself imitating abraham lincoln so if you're thinking about a Martin Luther King speech. You're hearing yourself with Martin Luther King. In the best case, yes. I don't even know how to respond to that. That's interesting. So he has to be in it to be able to conjure it. I can just see Eli standing next to Martin Luther King when he's giving <laughs> his I have a dream speech and he's up there behind the podium <laughs> yeah. looking out over the crowd like Two Why podiums. Here? <laughs> <laughs> they added a second podium for yeah. him. Everyone's like, "Why are they talking at the same time <laughs> and using the same voice?" Uh, you walk through the garden, find an apple tree, take an apple and bite into it. Can you taste the apple? Apple no. might not be the best example though, because it. I can. Re- I feel like this is uh, like from the Bible. And we're Adam and Eve being tempted. <laughs> so, Have if you, you think of this cinnamon before? gum. Cinnamon gum? Yeah, because that's a very specific it taste. It is a very specific taste. If you say cinnamon gum, I remember big red gum, but I, I can't taste it. Hmm. <sighs> wow. All right, last one. You trip over a rock and fall to the ground. You graze your knee on the stone path. Can you feel that? Nope. Yeah. I would have to ask, how did I fall? So he needs... You need, like, context. Like, if I trip, do I hit my knee? Do I hit more than just my knee? Do I? Am I wearing jeans? Am I wearing shorts? 
Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because to me, it almost makes no difference as long yeah. as I can, like, I can feel it that my knee is. I like automatically picture myself in shorts. I didn't even do that. Like, I can literally just, like, picture my knee hurting and being scraped up. Like, I could literally have done it just because you said that, and I want to know what it feels like, and that's why my knee hurts. Like, it, that, the context makes no difference to my sensation that I feel. And, I mean, Eli may not even be, like, a worse case. Like, there could be people who are way worse, and, like, where he's, like, I can hear myself saying it or using that voice or whatever. Mm-hmm. But or like singing the lyrics to a song, like there are people who may not even be able to do that, and it may just be like I have no idea. Yeah, I think even though he answered no to all those, he's still toward the lower end of the scale. Because what I read earlier was that there are some very extreme examples that affect like brain function itself. Like what? I saw something. There was um one of the things that I was looking at where a guy had been able to visualize and he had some kind of a... The heart surgery? I don't know if it was a heart surgery. I thought it was something with his, like a brain surgery or he had something done to his brain or was in a wreck or something. They had to do some kind of surgery. I thought it was brain surgery. Maybe. And... All of a sudden, he couldn't visualize anymore, and he went to the doctor, and they were like, well, I don't really know what to tell you, because we can't really diagnose it. There is a definition for that in the dictionary, and I looked it up the other day and found it. So it's called aphasia, which is loss or impairment, power to use, comprehend words, usually resulting from brain damage. Huh. So it's like, aphantasia may be, like, derived from that definition yes. possibly yes and i found another word that i think is the other part of aphantasia called phantasm phantasm and it, yeah and it means something that exists only in a person's mind wait so is that like the opposite of aphantasia yes huh so that could be like like a imaginary friend yes hmm even though uh, on on the ghost podcast we did, Christian, you know, said that imaginary friends couldn't be ghosts, but that's not always the case. I'm sure. I'm sure that there are yeah. some people who actually, you know, have imaginary friends, and there are lots of people I'm sure who are in mental hospitals and stuff that have had something like that, and people think they're crazy. Yeah, I'm wondering if something like this has been extremely misdiagnosed in the past. Like the inability to conjure this or, you know, because what it is is something that we know exists and we're starting to understand it. But was it grouped in with, you know, severe mental illness and all these other things in the past and severely misdiagnosed? Or did we just know this thing existed like a few years ago? I think it just existed like a few years ago because something that very few people know about me and that maybe five people in the world know about me is that I have been tested for mental disabilities and mental illness. But the result of it was essentially they said, 
I was too smart. Really? Yeah. What brought on the testing? Was there like something that came up where they were like, I think there may be something that we should have looked at? Or uh, No, I think it was mostly just struggling first year of college with studying and doing the work. Was it like a that you didn't want to do the work or no it was like that I couldn't remember the work that I did hmm. huh that's really interesting so that's so weird that, that that you'd be tested for that so was it a problem with um, the fact that you would you would do the work and not remember it or that you would think you did it and you ended up that it you hadn't done it already? It was that I did the work and couldn't remember it. Like I did very extensive studying with people while I was at Baylor because it, I did it for a, a couple of Bible classes. We read the Bible as a literature book and we did like the history of Christianity and whatnot. I could sit there and I could study all day and all night, but Come test time, I could not remember it. Hmm. I don't even. Know. That's such a strange thing, huh? So you think that the aphantasia has an effect on your memory? Yes. So, has it come up in other situations, or was it like biblical? Like you just had trouble remembering stuff from that class, or was it like multiple classes, or? It's a, a trend with all of my English and history classes. I had always struggled the most with those. But because, like math and stuff like that? Right. Okay. So, yeah. Hmm. Because I can do uh, procedures to find an answer, whereas history, you either know it or you don't. And English is so subjective that I could never get a good answer. That's really interesting. I don't know. Have you ever had anything like that? Uh, I think my memory is pretty selective, but I don't think it has anything to do with aphantasia. I'm wondering if this is related to stress as well. What do you mean? If high stress environments make it worse. Like if, let's say you've got partial aphantasia, is that exaggerated when you're stressed out or when you have all this brain activity so if you so if you studied eli and you uh could you remember it and then whenever you went to take the test you just couldn't remember anything then or was it like you just never remembered it period because that could be related to what christian's talking about with stress because i mean it's much more stressful to remember something during the test than it is you know when you're just trying to study it or whatever yeah, so recalling the memory is, I, I do believe it was stress-related, but uh, the fact that I could remember how I was studying better than what I was studying kind of blows. Hmm. So you could different. literally remember, you're like, I studied this sitting in my room, but I don't remember anything that I studied. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of times where I'm where I'm reading and, you know, I'll zone out and think about something else and I'll have read like 
a, like a page or two. Oh, that's the and, worst. But I can remember what I read. Like, it's not like I don't remember it. Like, I'll literally go back and I'll know everything I just read. But I'm like, I haven't been actually paying attention to this for like a page. It's real weird. No, I, I don't. I don't even get that. Like, I can if I trail off in thought. I, I'm physically gone from reading. Do you think this is something that has existed forever, or is there some modern trigger that is making it worse? You know, for example, we are being shown different types of media younger and younger. You know. We're watching movies at a very young age, and so we're getting this, uh, these highly visual things thrown at us at a very young age, and perhaps that's influencing the imagination, or you know, not giving us the chance to develop that on our own. Do you think that has anything to do with it, or do you think this has just been the same level? I'm glad you asked that because. I think it could also possibly be an evolutionary trait because it's maybe not a short-term generation. Like we're, we're in this, we're in the information age where we can just literally pick up our phone and look up anything that we want Mm -hmm. and have the knowledge right there. We don't have to recall the, the information. It's, it's so easily accessible that we don't have to retain it. It is, but I, I mean, you could you could say that about maybe the like generation that's being born right now. But I mean, we were born. A lot, I mean, there was TV and stuff, but you know, there wasn't like you pick up your f- smartphone and Google what a ostrich looks like, or you know, anything you want to know. I mean, when when we were born, like cell phones were big and clunky and you couldn't get on the internet with them and i mean yeah i I don't know that you could say it's an evolutionary trait when there are people who um you know are up in their age like the guy that that founded mozilla i mean because whenever he was born you know it it's not it's not the same time that it is now and so you could i mean i could understand maybe if like a very large portion of the like children these days had that just because I mean, their parents, like there are plenty of people our age that have kids and, you know, we grew up with smartphones. And so I could understand that now, but Mm -hmm. saying it for, you know, someone who's 40 or 50 years old, or I mean, Eli's what, 23, 24, 25, 25. Oh man. Uh, but I, I just, I think it's hard to say that it's an evolutionary trait when, you know, they're they're like people. There are older generations of people who you know haven't been stimulated their entire life the way we have. Fair so. enough, but I think it w- it will be it's on track to become one. I guess is what I would rather say. It could be. I think it will probably become more, um, you know, more noticeable at some point. But I think it's probably always been around. That's my view on it, anyway. Because I mean, I mean, I said that to my grandma and my grandpa, who's in his you know seventies, said that you know he's never been able to visualize anything. Hmm. So, here's a question: yeah. Did you read a lot growing up, and what what's your experience reading a book? I absolutely loathe reading. 
I hate it. I mean, I enjoy reading. It's just that I find that I don't necessarily always have a lot of time to read. And but I also can't read a book more than once because I remember everything that goes on in the book. Like and I, I know there are plenty of people who, you know, they'll they'll read a book and then they'll read it again and mm-hmm. they'll read it again and they'll read it again. And I'm not one of those people because I'll remember everything. Like if I read something and I'm like, I already know it's gonna happen, like that kind of ruins experience to read it again. So I don't know. Yeah. Just, just me. It it did in, however increase uh interest in other hobbies, I guess you could say. Like video games and sports, they're both very, very visual. Mm-hmm. And something else that I like to do is I like jigsaw puzzles. So one of my hobbies is jigsaw puzzles and I have them framed in my apartment right now. And I like my visual processing is very, very fast and I can do them very quickly compared to the average person. But I enjoy them so much more than reading because there is a visual aspect to it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one thing that people are always like, Oh, the book was so much better is because they've used their imagination and literally conjured up this entire world in books. And so, I mean, every aspect of it, like the person looks this way, the like house they're in looks this way, the world around them looks a certain way. And then you go to the movies and it's not what you visualize it to be. And so I could understand if you have a Fantasia and are not able to visualize how that could be very frustrating. And you're like, oh man, I don't like reading. And they're like, why? And they're, you're like, I can't visualize anything. Like, why would I want to read? It's just me reading words on the page just to read them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like for Harry Potter, I did read Harry Potter and I liked them. And I can tell you exactly what they left out in the movies versus the books. But which one's better? Uh, I would have to say the movie because I can't see what's in the book. Yeah. So when you first saw the movie, you weren't surprised uh, because their Harry Potter was different than what you imagined. Mm, Yeah, there was no surprise factor. There was no disappointment factor. It was more like, hey, I really enjoyed that movie. It was really good. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was. It helped me to visualize what was in the book. So there's an argument for uh, for making movies. Yeah, no doubt. That's really interesting. Especially when there are so many people affected. Did you read that uh, the estimates say that could be around 3% of the population, the world population has this? No, I didn't see that. I mean, 3% of the world's population is a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. over 7 billion people in the world. And I mean, 3% a huge portion of that. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, like like we've said multiple times throughout this podcast so far, like there are plenty of people who definitely have a Fantasia and don't have any idea because they don't know any better. So, like. Absolutely. Yeah. And as you learn more about it, it's going to affect all sorts of things. You know, teachers will have to teach different ways. You know, I guess we will need to be more visual. One, I almost, I mean, so you could, you could almost say that 
it could literally change the entire school system mm-hmm. because those people who could be diagnosed with aphantasia eventually may be moved out of like English classes or history classes. And it's not to say that they don't need those subjects is more of they could have like their own specific, you know, program. So they're not just reading books all the time. Like they learn the English language and how it works and things like that. And um, maybe have more of a focus on, you know, science or math that have formulas and a process to work things out. And, you know, that could be very beneficial. Um, you could even do, like, I mean, the STEM program that they have right now is more probably geared toward people with aphantasia than the typical school system is because um, you're getting more of, you know, visually stimulating things like computers and um, stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, if is the more it becomes known, the more things will change, I'm sure. Yes, I, I've thought that uh, many a time. But if I had the resources to deal with it in school, how different school would look. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I'm strongly against the school system that we have. I don't feel like I was challenged enough in school, um, as I'm sure you probably feel the same way, and I'm sure Christian feels the same way. And there, there are more things I wish that I, I would have, yeah, I would have rather done. Like I wish I'd done graphic design in school or that, you know, we'd done some photography or like cinematography classes or stuff like that. Like the stuff that you could specialize once you get to college, but how would yeah. you even know that that's something that you want to do if you're never exposed to it in the school system? And yep. so, I mean, sure there's, there are classes for that. Like there's the career and technology education or whatever it is. But like if you're in those classes, you're pretty much like an outcast and seen as like being a nerd most of the time rather than it being encouraged and being like, this is a good career choice. And this is something that you would probably be really, really interested in. And it would be really cool for you to do something like that in the future. And it's never encouraged. Like it's all sports, athletics band and honestly i mean i played college football but i'm not playing now i'm not doing athletics i'm not playing my trumpet or anything that i did in band and sure i enjoyed it then and it was good for me but there are much more technological things that i am doing now that i wish that i had had more exposure to when i was younger oh yeah like especially for computer classes. I wish that I could have gotten into it a little bit more because I may have chosen software development for my major instead of electrical engineering. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of those things. Like I know that my girlfriend is having a hard time, you know, picking a major. And I know that there are plenty of people at college that have no idea what they want to do, especially going into college. Like how many people, how many people end up getting like a, general studies degree at college because they never figure out what they want to do and so they go for four years and they take random classes and get enough hours to graduate and they're like well i'm done i'm gonna go try to find a job instead of you know taking like a a software development class or you know something that they could actually be really interested in but never get the chance to take because they have no idea that that's something that they would enjoy doing Anything you want to add, Christian? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's a few questions for Eli. 
Uh, are there? Do you think there are any advantages to aphantasia, or are there any you know positives you've taken from it? Uh, you know, it it all depends on the person. So, like for me, I'm grateful that I'm very very fast at visual processing. Like if I can see that I can look at a picture for a shorter period of time and get just as much out of it as someone who looks at it for a, a second or two longer than I do. Hmm. Yeah, this may be a situation like, you know, if you lose a sense, you always hear that your other senses tend to like become pick more, up the slack. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he might be a faster visual processor than than people without aphantasia. And like when playing video games, I can tell that I process it faster, but my reaction times are still the same as the average person. So I still mess up just as much as anyone else. Yeah, uh, speaking of that, there's a guy that I watch on uh, YouTube, and he plays, um, it's called Clone Hero, but it's basically Guitar Hero, where people can make whatever songs they want. I think his channel is actually Jason Paradise. You should check it out at some point. Um, But the dude is insane. Like, he'll sight-read stuff that is so ridiculously hard, and I'm like, how can you even see the notes fast enough to hit them all and he'll literally like get songs like i watched a video earlier where he was playing some song that no one had ever even gotten a hundred percent on i'm pretty sure and he literally did it sight reading it and i'm (laughs) like are you in like how i'm watching the video and i can't even process it fast enough to play half the notes and he's just killing it and i'm i'm like what in the heck am i like how do people process stuff that fast but i mean he may have something like aphantasia that you know helps him to visualize or pick up imagery faster or you know something like that so that is an interesting point yeah and what are some of the negatives that we might not have brought up so far that maybe the average the average person wouldn't think of because it can affect learning you gave that example about the tests what, what are some other things that this might negatively affect engagement so like if you tell me here read this i'm gonna hate it and i'm not gonna enjoy it and i'm gonna it i'm very slow reader so it it's not enjoyable it's especially not enjoyable so whenever i go through and then like i can come back and watch a short video or a youtube video on a summary or just something visual to help me out with it it's it makes a world difference it's really interesting. I'll ask him a question to wrap it up. Okay. So if there's someone yeah. listening who thinks they may have at least some form of aphantasia, what advice do you have for them in coping with it or you know, figuring out how to get around whatever that might affect? First, I would say don't be afraid to ask someone to show you. I can't stress that one enough. If you don't understand, if you don't know, ask them to show you what they're talking about or try a different way to explain it. The second would be absolutely look for more options because there are more out there. If you don't enjoy what you're doing now, explore your options. Go try something or at least look at it and think about what you want to do. Awesome. That's good advice. Um, Are you all ready for pointless facts? Christian, do you have one? 
Let me get one really fast. Uh, Eli, do you have one? I had one before the podcast, and I think I lost it. Oh, okay. Oh, there it is. I got it. Uh, Would you like to go first? Sure. So, I don't know if you're familiar with Humble Bundle, are you? No. No? Okay. Well, it's basically just a, a discount video game online web store type thing. Okay. They have deals all the time on digital codes and whatnot. But the same company... So Humble Bundle is owned by Ziff Davis, and that same company owns IGN, the video game news broadcaster. Huh, that's interesting. Um, So mine is that Alex, an African gray parrot, was the first and only non-human animal. I guess that's considering us as an animal. Yeah. Okay. It was the first and only non-human animal to ask an existential question. And what he asked was, what color am I? Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. What? <laughs> I know, dude. I was like, all right, I'm definitely I'm definitely doing that one tonight. If a bird asks me what color it is, I'm freaking out <laughs> and leaving the room. Dude, I think I would too. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm... Hey, what color am I? Uh, you're great. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Um, so this is interesting and sad, but we talked about if this was a problem, a modern problem, or if it's been around forever. Uh, but this was first described this is straight from Wikipedia. This phenomenon was first described by a man named Francis Galton in 1880. And in the years since... 140-ish years since it still remained largely unstudied. That's pretty crazy. Like, you'd think that someone would have studied it by now. Mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah. It's not like it's it's not prevalent. Like, I mean, if they're they're speculating that 3% of the entire Earth's population has this, Mm -hmm. you'd think someone would have studied it by now. Unless they just don't think that it's a problem and there's other stuff that they probably should be studied before you go to aphantasia yeah that would be the only thing is that it's not a priority yeah yeah, we've got limited resources and people that can devote time into looking into this but still 140 years almost and we know pretty much just as much as the guy who discovered it in 1880 yeah pretty much man that's crazy all right well that's all the time we have on today's podcast thank you eli for coming on it's been uh it's been a good Good topic. Good suggestion. Yeah, thanks man. for having me. Dude, you bet. Um, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you can always submit questions at anchor.fm slash the question at hand or through the Anchor app. Um, follow us on Twitter or Facebook at question at hand. Tweet us some questions. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And we will see you guys next week. So have a good week and we'll catch you later. See you.